Well, hi again, fans. Robbie Ross here with episode three of the Ross Sports Report. Thanks for listening to episode two. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. Also, I post a link on Twitter, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. You can find the Ross Sports Report each and every week. I'm dropping this episode a little early this week, going out of town tomorrow on Tuesday for a couple of days. Um, before Hurricane Ian hammers down on wherever it may land. Uh, so going out of town to play golf um, at Little Ogmulgee State Park in McCray, Georgia, uh, with uh, some of my uh, staff at Retreat Golf Course of Sea Island. We're closed for overseeding this week, which may be delayed a little bit too based on the weather. Uh, so a lot of uh, – one thing I've learned – uh, living in Southeast Georgia and coastal Georgia over the last seven years is uh, during hurricane season, you kind of just sit and wait and watch these things. In fact, I watched the Weather Channel for uh, the good part of the day today, just watching it over in a loop um, because they don't know where it's going to go. Nobody knows where it's going to go. They have an idea, but then again, everybody else that calls themselves a weatherman has an idea. And then you get on Facebook and Twitter and everybody that wants to be a weatherman has an idea where they think it's going to go, but really nobody knows, uh, but it is tracking towards Tampa and then taking a kind of a hard right turn across the state of Florida up this way and then on up into the Carolinas. So wherever you're listening, if you're in the cone of uncertainty or as my wife called it today, the cone of confusion, be safe and be prepared that's the main thing that you need to do is be prepared in the event that you are affected by this hurricane or any any weather events. Uh, so busy week in sports since we last talked. Braves, I came on here tonight, just finished watching the Braves, and uh, Bryce Elder pitched an absolute gem tonight. Eight to nothing, complete game shutout for Bryce Elder, who... I think it was probably a spot start with Strider on the DL. They moved Max Freed down in the rotation, so he would see the Mets this weekend. And Bryce Elder just came on and pitched fantastic, got eight runs, lots of support. And uh, as a rookie, the first rookie, and this is a stat, and I went and looked it up, Paul Marak. Paul Marak. Everybody know a household name, Paul Marak the last Braves rookie to pitch a complete game shutout. Who was Paul Marak, you ask? Well, I had to go and look it up too. Baseballreference.com. Paul Marak pitched one year in the major leagues, seven games in the major leagues in 1990 for the Braves. Of course, 1990 was the last year before the Braves started their magical run uh, from worst to first in 91 and on through the 90s and up until now minus a few lean years in the early 2010s. Paul Marak in 1990 pitched in seven games, started seven games for the Braves, and was 1-2 with a 3.69 ERA, one complete game shutout, and 39 innings pitched, uh, gave up two homers, struck out. Do you have any strikeouts? Yeah, strikeouts. Where are strikeouts? 3.9 batters per nine innings. 
So, Paul Manrack, who <laughs> I tweeted out on something, I don't even remember him. Of course, I was 13. And at that time, you didn't really watch Braves baseball in uh, September uh, in 1990 or before that. Um, if you remember Paul Marrack, hats off to you. Trying to see who he did that against. He was drafted in 85 by the Braves. Uh, not sure. I can't really tell who he who he did that against. But um, a complete game shutout for Paul Marrack in 1990. Rough week for the – not a rough week. It was an interesting week for the Braves. Uh, of course, finished out with the Nationals at home Tuesday and Wednesday. Lost that 3-2 to two game on Wednesday. Then went to Philly. Lost a – uh, a one nothing heartbreaker there, and then that uh, very forgettable nine to one loss on Friday to fall two and a half games back uh, in the East to the Mets, and you were like, "Uh oh, lost two in a row, one of which was nine to one, and they were not even competitive in that game." Then come back and and take the last two of the series against the Phillies. Uh, on Sunday was a marathon with a rain delay, extra innings, winning at 8-7. to seven. Uh, The Mets lost to the A's on Saturday when the Braves won, so that kind of wipes out that, sitting at one and a half back. Then, of course, tonight after Bryce Elder's gym, he pitched the Braves, and the Mets are off. So the Braves a game back in the East with eight games to play, and, of course, three of those games are against the Mets this weekend at Truist Park. Weather will probably play a factor one way or another. Uh, Friday night, 720. Saturday night, 720. Me and the fam will be there, hopefully weather permitting. And then Sunday night baseball uh, on October the 2nd before we head to Miami to finish out the regular season in regulation. (laughs) I guess, can you say that in regulation without going to overtime? Uh, which we may have to do with the Mets. Um, The Braves have clinched a playoff spot, and they have clinched at least the number one wild card spot. So the Braves can finish no worse than the four seed, uh, but they can get all the way up to the two seed, which is big because then you do not see the Dodgers, who have clinched the number one seed, until the NLCS. Again, so that's that's a big piece there. Uh, went online last week when they opened up the A-list um, playoff tickets. So went online and, and secured those due to uh, previous obligations that we have family-wise. We could not submit for any in LDS tickets. Uh, but we did submit, um, Kelly submitted for game three of the NLCS that would be in Atlanta. And then I submitted for game four of the NLCS that would be in Atlanta. And more than likely, there won't be a fourth game of the NLCS in Atlanta unless the Dodgers are upset and we have home field advantage in the playoffs and it goes to a game seven. There could be a third game. It'd be a game five uh, if the Braves don't have home field advantage. And then if they do, it'd be game six. Uh, but we'll see. Um, you know, it'd be kind of hard to beat 
uh, last year being at game six against the Dodgers, clinching to go to the World Series. Um, of course, in the back of my pessimistic mind and of years of heartbreak with the Braves and the Falcons and, and other sports teams that I follow, I'm like, you know, Saturday night we have tickets to the Mets. Karma's going to come back and get me, and the Mets are going to clinch the East in front of us. But hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully the Braves can uh, take care of business in Washington tomorrow and Wednesday and then have the off day, get back to Atlanta, and uh, the Mets on Friday night and Saturday and Sunday uh, before finishing up with the Marlins. Hope you know Those Marlins game may not mean anything. The Braves can, uh, can snag one. Of course, the, the Mets are in Miami starting tomorrow for three games, uh, and then they finish with the Nationals. So Philly's kind of sitting there not having to play anybody from the East. Philly's battling themselves to stay in the wild card hunt. They're a game and a half uh, in that sixth position uh, ahead of Milwaukee and uh, a game and a half behind San Diego for that fifth position uh, in the wild card. And let's see the Phillies... Uh, off tonight, Phillies play the I'll find the Cubs. So they kind of lucked out there. Phillies play the Cubs um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and uh, Thursday, and then uh, they then have the Nationals on the weekend in Washington before the Phillies finish up with. Uh, the Astros, which that could be dicey for them, but uh, the, dot, the Astros are probably going to be on cruise control by that point um, as they are already clinched and maybe playing out the string until the playoffs. Um, high school football this past Friday night, some uh, big games around these parts, Glen Academy and Brunswick in the city championship of, uh, of St. Simons, Glen County. Um, Brunswick got that one pretty easily. I think that's the most points that Brunswick had ever scored in a matchup with uh, Glenn Academy. Uh, Brunswick 55-21. to That game was 28-21 at one point. Then Brunswick kind of pulled away. I was at the Frederica Academy game. They uh, lost to Clinch County. Uh, did public address announcing for Frederica uh, with Richmond Hill being off. Also, my debut in newsprint as I was a stringer for the Brunswick News for that for that game, so I got published in the newspaper. Pretty neat to uh, pick up a newspaper on Saturday morning and see your name uh, on top of a high school football story. So, kind of run the gamut: radio, PA, and now um, I'm done TV, and now a newsprint, a newspaper reporter for a night at least for right now. Anyway, we'll see if that happens. Again, uh, some other notes around uh, the high school football. Warner Robins, uh, their streak of 75 weeks in the top 10 ended this week. They fell to 1-4 and four after they lost to Houston County. Um, all four teams that have beaten Warner Robins currently in the top 10 in different classifications. And this, uh, the Georgia High School Football Daily publishes uh, published the ranking streaks and um, Buford, by no surprise, is 310 weeks strong in the top 10 in multiple classifications over the span of this streak because, of course, they started in single A and now they're all the way up in 7A, uh, winning state titles all along the way. 
I think they skipped six. They went from five to seven. Um, we'll see if they'll be able to win a state championship in the highest classification. Blessed Trinity is second at 122. So 310 for Buford and second place is 122. Cartersville in there with 115. Rabin County in northeast Georgia at 106. Lee County, who has had a good program here lately, they're 91. Pierce County, just up the road from where I am in southeast Georgia, they have been in the rankings 51 weeks in a row. Ware County, 41 weeks in a row. Uh, Benedictine, the power in Savannah, 34 weeks in a row. Uh, So on down the line there, um, very interesting that Buford just does what Buford does. And uh, there you go. So weather uh, already playing a role in this coming week's uh, football schedule in the high school ranks. Uh, A number of teams are opting to play Early, I know Brantley County is going to be playing Toombs County on Wednesday. Also, McIntosh County, I think, is going to go and play Atkinson County on Wednesday. Frederica Academy going to play Tattnall Square in uh, out of Macon on Wednesday. Uh, so teams are trying to get games in before the weather. And keep in mind, again, not knowing what the storm is going to do, Uh, But here in southeast Georgia, we have had a lot of rain since August 1st, and the ground is saturated, and anything on top of what we already have had is going to kind of make a mess. So teams are uh, trying to get ahead of the weather and get the games in this week um, around, around these parts of the state. And and, uh, and north, because, um, you know, the rain is going to head inland at some point. It's got to. Uh, so depending upon where it goes, if it goes straight up the spine of Georgia or if it tails off towards the Carolinas, that is yet to be determined, but uh, should be interesting. Top college football story uh, that has come out of the weekend, the dismissal of Georgia Tech's head coach Jeff Collins and their athletic director uh, as well being shown the door. Uh, The Jeff Collins experiment in Atlanta was not um, successful, to say the least, Uh, with with Collins being let go today. uh, The the story kind of started to come to light yesterday and some folks were saying, you know, it happened yesterday, but um, firing their coach, Georgia Tech did. So who is next in line at uh, Georgia Tech? Collins, of course, finished 10 and 28 in his tenure at Georgia Tech, uh, scrapping the triple option that Paul Johnson had installed there and had success, had success there at Georgia Tech. I saw a tweet or or something earlier today. What is the ceiling for Georgia Tech? What is realistically the ceiling for the Yellow Jackets? Can they get a coach that comes in there and turn into Athens South? I don't think so. Can they get a coach that comes in there that can compete for the ACC division championship in the Atlantic division every year? Yes. Can he? Can they get a coach to come in there and compete for the ACC championship? Yes, a be uh, a, a, a Power Five bowl. Uh, they're not BCS bowls anymore, but you know what I mean. The the New Year's Six. That's the term I was looking for. Can they find a coach 
that comes in and puts them at that level where Paul Johnson had them. They were competing for ACC Atlantic Division titles. They were competing for ACC championships. They were getting to the Orange Bowl. Um, who is the next coach? Is it Dion? I think that'd be a terrible idea for a number of reasons. I don't think Dion, it would be good for Dion. I don't think it could be good for Atlanta or for Georgia Tech. Um, it just seems like that may not be the answer. I don't know who is the answer. Um, lots of names being floated around. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out in in Atlanta. Who are the who are the candidates? Drop your uh, drop your candidates below. Um, wherever you're listening, put a put a little co- comments. Who you think will be the next coach at Georgia Tech, and what does the rest of this season hold? Um, you know, he was great. I'm not going to say great. Jeff Collins was good at building the brand, the ATL, the 404, all that, but he didn't build his program first. And I heard that on ESPN Radio today that he needed to build his program first before building his brand. Um, so we'll see um, what happens there. So Georgia Tech, uh, Deion Sanders being mentioned, as I said, Del McGee, uh, Georgia running back coach, Jamie Chadwell, who is the next hot thing from Coastal Carolina, Alex Atkins, also Todd Munkin, who is Georgia, Georgia's offensive coordinator, and um, Clay Helton's brother. Tyson being mentioned at Western from Western Carolina. Of course, uh, the triple option folks uh, are mentioning Brian Bohannon from just up the road in Kennesaw State. Uh, so it will be interesting to see who Georgia Tech goes and gets and how quick of a turnaround it will be. Jeff Collins, you know, he had uh, an uphill climb. You know, you're changing from triple option to the to a different type of offense, and it takes time to get those type players in. Uh, but they just weren't competitive. Weren't competitive uh, Well, Miss, weren't really competitive at Central Florida uh, this week. And obviously the, the powers that be above Todd Stansberry, the AD, said it's time for a change. And, and so the change was made. Some good football games uh, on Saturday uh, over the weekend, uh, Georgia Southern, I was there at Paulson Stadium, got a win over Ball State in comeback fashion. They fell behind in the third quarter, 23-20, came back and won it, 34-23 to in um, a good football game. And so uh, Clay Helton has the, the Eagles at 3-1, and one, uh, finishing the non-conference portion of their schedule and head to Coastal Carolina. Uh, this weekend, then they head to Georgia State next week, weekend before they come home for the team that's leading the Sun Belt East, James Madison, who was down 28 to three. And there's that magic score down 28 to three on the road at Boone and Appalachian State. And uh, everybody in the high country up there thought this game was over. I think everybody except James Madison may have thought that the game was over. James Madison comes back and wins 32-28, shocking the Sun Belt, shocking the nation. Um, 
to take that and get their first win in Sunbelt action to be 1-0 in the Sunbelt East. So Georgia Southern has quite the slate ahead of them with Coastal, who's four. Well, Coastal's undefeated as well, sorry. They're tied atop the Sunbelt East as Coastal Carolina took care of Georgia State on Thursday night, 41-24. Georgia State 0-4. I think last week I called them the best 0-3 team in the country. This week I'll call them the best 0-4 team in the country um, because they just – uh, you know, have been close. They were close against uh, North Carolina, close against uh, Charlotte right there against South Carolina. Had they not given up two block punts for touchdown and uh, Coastal Carolina went into Atlanta and, and really played a solid game. Uh, Grayson McCall, a great, great quarterback, best quarterback in the Sun Belt, more than likely, if not in, uh, one of the best in the country uh, for Coastal Carolina. ACC-wise, Clemson had to go to overtime to take care of Wake Forest. Everybody was thinking this would be the year that Wake kind of got over the hump. They had their opportunities. They were leading late. Clemson scored late to force overtime, then uh, intercepted a pass in overtime where Wake uh, had to – all they had to do was score a touchdown and kick an extra point or go for two. And uh, Clemson missed their, excuse me, two-point conversion in the the second overtime. So it was a six-point game, 51-45. Clemson wins that one. They have another – Tough one in the ACC Atlantic Division. This week, game day will be at Death Valley and Clemson and North Carolina State. And NC State's now in the top 10. So another top 10 battle in the ACC coming up this weekend. Should be an interesting game there. DJU finally looked like DJU was supposed to look for the last year and three ball games against Wake Forest, although the Clemson defense um, their strong point last year didn't really uh, stand up, but they did when they had to, intercepting that pass in the end zone in overtime to solidify that win. Georgia, uh, the naysayers there in red and black, oh, gosh, we only beat Kent State by 17. Oh, goodness, what's happening? What's happening? You're fine. It's Kent State. You're fine. 39-22, they stay number one. <clears throat> Excuse me, Baylor. All goes on the road to beat Iowa State, uh, 31-24. Missouri and Auburn battled. Man, that was tough to watch. Missouri and Auburn. Auburn got that win. Kansas continues their Cinderella ride. Somehow not ranked in the top 25 this week. Not ranked. They are. Uh, Kansas is now undefeated on the year at 4-0. and uh, Somehow they're not ranked. They beat Duke, who falls to 3-1. and uh, Tennessee, is Tennessee back? I think Tennessee's back. I really think Tennessee's back. Of course, they have a number of hurdles left to climb to be all the way back, but they're ranked number 11 this week. It'll be interesting. They'll go to LSU, and I saw a story that the LSU folks are not happy that this is going to be a noon game, 11 Central, in Baton Rouge with the eighth-ranked Tennessee Volunteers, eight-ranked, not last week they were 11, sorry. Eighth-ranked Tennessee coming to town. Mike the Tiger going to be there. Brian Kelly, LSU, not happy. They're 3-1. and one. They don't think they should have got the uh, Jefferson Pilot noon special. And I agree. I agree. But Tennessee has, uh, you know, they got LSU this week. Take a week, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. They're off this week. I'm looking at their schedule, and I didn't see that they're off. They're off this week, but still, uh, the story remains. 
I'll get this straight in a minute. Off this week, LSU next week. But still, they set the game time, and when the game time was set, the LSU folks and the Tennessee folks not real happy about playing that at 11 Central Time in Baton Rouge on October the 8th. And then the third weekend of October, as always, uh, Alabama will be in Knoxville. Uh, Then they have uh, UT Martin in their FCS game. Then they play Kentucky, and then they come to Athens on November the 5th, which is interesting. Um, Georgia will have to play Florida and then get ready for Tennessee the very next week. So tough, uh, tough road to hoe, but, uh, we'll see Tennessee beats Florida 33 to 38, uh, to remain unbeaten. Now they're up to number eight in the country. Texas falls to Texas tech. Probably the last time Texas will ever go to Texas tech ever in the history of college football. It'll be the last time that Texas goes to Lubbock. And Texas Tech wins that one in overtime, 37-34. Another instance of that, probably the last time that Oklahoma will uh, face off with Kansas State in a conference matchup or on the road. Uh, last time Kansas State will go to Norman, Oklahoma, Kansas State gets the win there over Oklahoma, 41-34. So interesting how these teams that are leaving one conference and going into another one in the next couple of years or facing these teams that say, hey, I want to put a stamp on the last time or one of the last few times we're going to play each other. Florida State is Florida State back. They beat Boston College 44-14. They still are not ranked in the top 25 at 4-0. Southern Cal had to do everything they had to do in probably their last trip to Cornvallis or Oregon. They had to do everything they had to do. They had to take – it took four interceptions that USC got to beat Oregon State 17-14. Took four interceptions. That was a game that nobody ever – nobody saw because it was on the Pac-12 network. Nobody saw it. But USC holds on. They um, remain undefeated and uh, get out of there by the skin of their teeth. So an interesting college football week – As always, another one coming up this week. As I mentioned, first, it was uh, I talked about Clemson and and, um, NC State, which will be a good one. Kentucky, seventh in the country. They go to Ole Miss, 14 in the country. And another noon, Jefferson Pilot Classic, uh, 11 a.m. Central Time at the Grove in Oxford between two ranked teams. Oklahoma now 18 in the country. They go to TCU's undefeated. Minnesota had, a, had had an impressive win at Michigan State last week. They will host Purdue, but Minnesota's 21 in the country. Georgia State going to be looking for their first win. They got to go to Army, not an easy place to go. Other ranked opponents or other ranked teams playing each other. Alabama goes to Arkansas. Arkansas barely lost to Texas A&M. Missed an, a field goal that hit the top of the upright, the top of the upright, and doinked down into the end zone, no good. Uh, or else Arkansas would have got out of Cal Field with a win, but it'll be Alabama number two, uh, 4-0 against Arkansas number 20. That's the 3:30 CBS game. Oklahoma State goes to Baylor. Oklahoma State number nine, Baylor number 16. Wake Forest going to look to bounce back uh, against Florida State. Wake Forest 22 in the country. Florida State did get in. I was looking at last week's. Last week, Florida State was not ranked. This week, they are 23rd. Florida State looks to stay undefeated 330 on ABC. See how that goes. North Carolina fell 
um, and really in not even competitive with North with Notre Dame. Um, lots of heat on Gene Chiswick, the North Carolina defensive coordinator. Uh, they host Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech did not look good in their game. Uh, Virginia Tech at two and two. Virginia Tech lost fairly easily to West Virginia last Thursday night, thirty-three to ten. Virginia Tech struggling a little bit uh, as well. Appalachian State looks to bounce back. They play the Citadel in Boone, 3.30 on ESPN+. ESPN Plus. Uh, Gardner-Webb. Gardner-Webb plays everybody. Gardner-Webb played Mercer last week at home. Uh, Gardner-Webb played Coastal Carolina. Gardner-Webb um, played uh, – who else? Like, they play, they've played a lot of people before, uh, and they've been competitive. Yeah, they, uh, they beat Limestone in their opener. They almost beat Coastal Carolina, lost by four. Uh, beat e, uh, lost to Elon by six, and Mercer up in, in Bowling Springs put one on them a little bit, 45-14. They'll go to Marshall, and they'll have Robert Morris in a couple of weeks when they start their their schedule. Trey Lamb, Hal Lamb's son, Bobby Lamb's nephew, is the head coach there at Gardner-Webb. Texas A&M goes to Mississippi State, battle of three-and-one schools on the SEC Network at 4 o'clock. Georgia Southern, as I mentioned, Looking to go 1-0 in the Sun Belt uh, against Coastal Carolina in Conway on the Teal Turf. 4 o'clock on ESPN+, Plus. Georgia Southern and Coastal Carolina. Big, big matchup for the Eagles to try to get to 1-0 and and start the conference campaign on the right foot. These games have been close with Coastal with the exception of last year. A couple of overtime games in the past. Uh, so see what Georgia Southern can do down there in Conway. Uh, Also, LSU and Auburn on uh, Saturday night at 7 o'clock at Auburn. Georgia is on the road at at Missouri, 7.30 on the network. Should not be a problem for Georgia, although it will be their first true road game of the year, having to leave the state of Georgia for the first time. So we'll see how they handle a business trip. And as I mentioned earlier, Clemson, number five in the country, hosting NC State, number 10 in the country, battle of 4-0 squads. The winner of that one will have a leg up in the ACC Atlantic Division uh, to go on to Charlotte for the championship game. 7.30 ABC, Clemson's a six-and-a-half-point favorite so far in that one. USC and Arizona State out west, Oregon and Stanford finish out for the – uh, the football slate. Currently, we have a barn burner of a football game in the NFL going on right now. The Giants and the Cowboys, 6-6 is your score. 6-6 six to six is your score uh, midway through the third quarter. Uh, Sunday night, the game was horrific. 11-10. to 10. The, Bron- the Broncos beat the 49ers. 11-10. to 10. Russell Wilson did not look great. Jimmy G looked even worse for the 49ers. I don't know what the 49ers are going to do now that Trey Lance has gotten hurt. They put all their eggs in that basket, and he got hurt and is out for the year. So we'll see about that. Falcons got their first win of the year over the Seahawks out in Seattle, 27-23. to Thursday night, the Browns beat the Steelers 29-17. to uh, other games, the Titans and the Raiders were a good game yesterday. Titans won that one, 24-22. Colts upset the Chiefs, which uh, kind of sneaky there. The Chiefs kicker got released today, if that tells you anything. 2017 Colts win that one. 
Dolphins continue to roll. They take a leg up uh, in the NFC East by or the AFC AFC East, excuse me, by beating Buffalo twenty-one to nineteen. The Ravens got a win over the Patriots. Vikings were dead for a long time in the game against the Lions. The Lions pulled it out twenty-eight twenty-four. Bengals maybe getting their legs back a little bit after starting zero and two. Beat the Jets twenty-seven to twelve. The Eagles who look to be the Super Bowl favorites right now. They took care of the Commanders. It was not even close, 24-8. The, the score a lot closer than that game was. Jalen Hurts is fantastic so far this year. 22 of 35 yesterday, 340 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Devontae Smith, of course, the former Heisman Trophy winner, eight catches, 169 yards. A.J. Brown, five catches, 85 yards. Uh, the Eagles are for real, folks. Keep an eye on the Eagles. The Panthers got their first win, maybe saving their coach's job over the Saints, 22-14. to 14. The Jags, surprisingly, the Jags are 2-1. and one. They beat the Chargers, 38-10. Rams took care of the Cardinals. Cardinals are Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, aren't they? They did what they did last week against the Raiders, and then they really didn't show up against the Rams. Rams won that one 20-12. And then in the Battle of the Goats, as it was called, there's only one on the field, but Aaron Rodgers is still pretty good. Aaron Rodgers got that one 14-12 over Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Tom Brady was without a lot of weapons. Uh, And finally, the President's Cup, United States, got it done. Got it done beating the uh, the international team, not the Europeans. Let me get that right. The international team, it really wasn't um, wasn't close. U.S. has now won nine straight President's Cups. The President's Cup is not close ever. But the international team did make it interesting a little bit on Sunday. I was watching Thursday and Friday, and, you know, bless their hearts, the NBC announcers were doing all they could to build excitement and trying to build drama and excitement, but the golf just didn't allow it. Um, but the international team did make a comeback on Saturday uh, to make it interesting-ish on Sunday. Some takeaways, Jordan Spieth made putts from all over Charlotte, all over Charlotte, and went 5-0. and Xander Shoffley played well. Um, Scotty Scheffler, Ofer. Number one player in the world went over on uh, the weekend. Congratulations to Davis Love the third, uh, the U.S. captain by getting this win. Zach Johnson was a co-captain. The spotlight is now on him, as he is the captain in waiting and the captain of the Ryder Cup team uh, in 2023 when they go to Rome. Um, so interesting enough. Some takeaways, as I said, Jordan Spieth five and zero was very interesting. Uh, Xander Shoffley. Um, not winning, uh, which is, you know, uncharacteristic. Or I'm sorry, Scotty Shuffler, not Shoffley. Shoffley played great. Um, Spieth and Justin Thomas played great together. They were 4-0. and Cantlay and Shoffley were 2-1 and or 3-1, and and uh, they played great together too. But uh, Scotty Shuffler goes 0-4 as the number one player in the world. Of course, the big asterisk was who was not there, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau. Um, but another player that emerged was rookie Max Homa, five-time winner of the PGA Tour. 
Um, he played great uh, all week long. And uh, Tom Kim, a budding superstar on the international team from South Korea, um, played great for that squad. So President's Cup is done. The United States wins their ninth in a row. And now we turn our sights to the Ryder Cup in 2023 over in Rome. And I, as I mentioned, Zach Johnson is the captain for that one. I think that'll just about do it. Still looking for nominations and trying to decide who the first guest will be on the Raw Sports Report. I think next week, I think we're going to open up the, the guest red carpet and roll one out. So we'll see who that will be. Uh, Looking forward to that. And thank you for listening, of course, as always. And give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, wherever you may listen on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. Give us a like and a listen. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks for your time. Stay safe uh, with Hurricane Ian out there, wherever you might be. And uh, we'll see you again back here next week. Thanks for listening.